as much as I joke and, you know, we're gonna burn this stuff, I too had feelings of, oh my God, this is the last time I'll see this. Last time I'll see this photo, last time I'll see this letter, uh, or this offer letter, and just went down the line, but what came up was an awareness that these things don't, don't define me or um, they don't lock me into who I am. It was just who I was at a, at a specific point in time. And actually letting go of all this stuff allows you to move forward with a, without that, that you know, big sack that you drag around. And I strongly believe, I was aware a lot in, in that experience uh, last weekend, that our experience when we left Newport, we got rid of everything piece by piece and it took me a little longer to get rid of t-shirts up until the last day. You know, we could only take five. I think that whole process of clearing away things that were really holding me back, um, being able to let them go to move forward, um, really set the tone for being able to do that this weekend. Yeah, we gotta de-excite the mind. That's another big piece of it because we begin to get an addiction to the drama. We get an addiction to the fear. We get addicted to these things. And so it's almost like the microbiome, right? Like you eat a bunch of French fries, you're gonna, you're gonna be gonna like- crave French fries. You're gonna crave French fries, right? If you're reading, if you're watching the news and it's fear, it's fear-based or you're reading an article about something awful that happened to somebody and it's really scary, you do that enough, you're gonna start seeking that stuff and you're gonna notice that that stuff comes into your awareness. Like, oh my God, did you see the story about like, don't be that person, please don't be that person. That's like, did you see the story about, and if I ever hear that, I'm just like, I'm not interested. Thank you, but I'm not interested. Um, and that's fine. It's totally acceptable to say that to someone. Like, thank you, but I'm not interested in hearing about that. And people will tell you that you need to wake up and you need to, you know, be a citizen of the earth and you need to know what's going on in the world. And you don't. You don't. You don't. The only thing you need to know what's going on is what's going on inside of you. That is the most important world it is the most important world and it's the one when you tend to it you will be more for everyone because of it welcome back to the yogi triathlete podcast i'm jess i'm here with beach and this is your monthly osho a yogi triathlete production this is where we come to you we answer your questions Sometimes we don't answer your questions because we don't ask for your questions, but keep them coming, you guys, because we will answer them eventually, and the ones we've got today are actually from last month, but we had already recorded, so you got to get there quick, peeps. We are so fast. Um, so we got a couple questions, but before we jump into those, welcome home, BJ. We had some time apart. BJ and I had time apart. We were apart. How did it work for you? How did it go? It's a rare occasion that we're apart. No, we get, it's a rare occasion that you leave. That's true. <laughs> you never leave. I leave. I leave. Clark and I go places. <laughs> uh, Going to Fraser Farms to pick up sourdough bread does not <laughs> make... That doesn't equal you going away. So anyway, you rarely go away, but you did go away. I did go away. My yearly trek. No, it's not a yearly trek. But yeah, I... I, I <laughs> so not a yearly trek. It's like, <laughs> Every once in a... I, although I think it is now that your your mom has transitioned that it actually... Could that's be. probably her way to say, BJ, you need to come home more often. The boys need you. Mm-hmm. They do. No, they don't need me. Uh, yeah, I, I left for a quick little five-day trip back east to see my dad. Spent some time with him. We were roomies. <laughs> How is that? I just, I think it's plastered in my mind now that transition period we took when we moved from Boulder back to Newport. And before we had a house, I had to live in my house. Oh, yeah. As an right. adult. Yeah. As a 40-year-old something adult in the house that I grew up in, in the room that I grew up in. <laughs> and so now when I, when I go back, I stay in that room. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, nostalgia comes up and and things from the past. But uh is it like the same bed and stuff? I don't know. Is it the same mattress? I don't know. 
These are good questions. I have no idea, nor do I care. <laughs> I don't think my parents want me to come home because my twin bed is like a bed of nails. It's the worst bed ever. So that's not the mattress I grew up on, which is a good thing, but it's not a good thing. So you stayed in your childhood bedroom. I did. One of my childhood bedrooms because we started downstairs before the upstairs was built. And then when the upstairs were built, my brother and I shared a room upstairs, my oldest brother. I have three brothers and one sister. And then when everybody moved along, I moved back downstairs to my own bedroom. So I've been shifted around in the house. But yeah, it was, it was good to spend time with my dad, see my brothers. Uh, we had a great burning ceremony. That was cool. Yeah, let's talk. So, you know I love to burn <laughs> I know. stuff. And I'm really getting this hit that we're going to be burning stuff at camp. Just... Everybody, yeah. that's that's all I'll Not say right figuratively. Now. No, we are going to be burning Meta- things. Metaphorically. No, literally, we're going to burn some things. What? No, should I not say that? <laughs> Is that a deterrent? People are just about to hit register and they're like, I'm not going to hit register anymore. Thoughts of you burning your sneakers in the sink. Yeah, well, that's... On Dearborn. So <laughs> my dad has a fire pit in the backyard now. Where there was a garden that I would be... Condemned to for those summer days picking out rocks and weeds <laughs> and then picking tomatoes and grinding tomatoes. And you guys all know the tomato story, making tomato sauce. But so, they might not know the tomato story, but they just need to read your bio in our Yogi Triathlete cookbook. Oh, yeah, get the cookbook. There it it's is. It's in there. Yeah, so there's a fire pit there now. And my dad burns a lot of stuff at the end of the day. I mean, it was daytime too, and he was burning stuff. It's great though, because he's like cleaning out the house. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, what did you burn? What did you find? So, we each had a box, a file cabinet box of stuff that my mom kept. It was K through college. K through college, a whole (laughs) box. And some things had filtered out into other boxes, but for the most part, we each had one file box. And it's stacked with report cards and ca- and regular cards that I would send home to my parents for birth- uh, anniversaries or birthdays, or they would send to me somehow all this collected photos, drawings. Um, my first offer letter for my first job where I was being paid seven dollars and fifty cents. Seven fifty an hour an for your hour. first job out of first college. Job out of college. How much did Bryant College cost? More than seven fifty. Like, yeah, definitely cost a lot more than that. I want to say nineteen thousand a year. I want to say somewhere around there. So that was nineteen ninety because that was right before you and I met. Ninety five. Ninety five. We started dating in ninety seven. So this yeah, la- we saw the offer letter. Offer letter. So and it didn't even include. It was like and no health insurance. Right. You were like, yes, I'll take it. Although I will say. Coming out of college, if you're going to have a job, we had the best jobs working at the Newport Yachting Center. That summer after college was the best. Like, that was awesome. (laughs) Why? Why? Because I was on this trajectory to find a (laughs) corporate job. I remember going on interviews (laughs) to sell, sell, you know, those dinner dinner cards that would, you know, buy three, get one free. And I went door to door and I'd be doing this in Woburn, Mass., Elite marketing or something like that was it was it was called, and I came close to taking that and but didn't. <sighs> then there was another job in sales that I had been set up through uh, a friend to go for an interview, and I went on the interview and the guy was like, "It doesn't really sound like you want to be in sales." And I was like, "I don't," <laughs> which is something you don't say. I don't think interview. you'd be very good in sales. So I don't even know what I was, we'd be selling. So then I just decided to stay at the Newport Yachting Center and work uh, special events and, you know, basically take out trash at an event center all summer. And it was awesome. Got to chill out, figure out what I wanted to do, hung with my buddies, uh, Roger, Jim, and, and Mike, and uh, had some fun time. Had some time to, to figure out, you know, some space between graduation and what it was next. And it gave us time to meet. Yeah. Because that's where we met. It is. Um, I can't remember what my starting rate was, but it wasn't seven fifty. Was it more than that? Yeah. I'm sure I negotiated something. But yeah, I don't think I would have taken a full time job for seven fifty. <laughs> it <laughs> Not was PR, even back then. PR, and I didn't even have a college degree. <laughs> PR marketing assistant mm-hmm. was the job. 
Well, it was awesome because it brought us together. Yeah. So things like that, I mean, it, it creates these memories, which I don't really have the paper, but it sparked the memory. Um, and uh, so that was just one of the things that was in this box. And so we, we tossed the whole box. So I did my whole box and we burnt every piece of it. But it was fun to go through it and like... What like, else is in there? Oh, there was oh, like <laughs> cards from old girlfriends that <laughs> they would have notes on it. It was pretty funny. I was reading it to my brothers. Uh, they were laughing. But, you know, things like you do stupid things when you're kids, right? And you say stupid stuff. Um, so whatever your imagination wants to roam. <laughs> Um, you can go there. So you burned your box. So I know you, box. you like texted me and you're like, I'm burning my box. I'm like, you mean a time capsule? Yeah. I yeah. said, how far does it go back? You're like, K. <laughs> Kindergarten. <laughs> Kindergarten. <laughs> it was good, good though. Good but it was good. To go back. I think it's important to share though that as much as I joke and, you know, we're going to burn this stuff, I too had feelings of, oh my God, this is the last time I'll see this. Last time I'll see this photo. Last time I'll see this letter, uh, this offer letter. And just went down the line. But what came up was an awareness that these things don't, don't define me or um, they don't lock me into who I am. It was just who I was at a, at a specific point in time. And actually letting go of all this stuff allows you to move forward with a without that that you know big sack that you drag around and i strongly believe i was aware a lot in in that experience uh, last weekend that our experience when we left newport we got rid of everything piece by piece and it took me a little longer to get rid of t-shirts up until the last day you know we could only take 5 i think that whole process of clearing away things that were really holding me back. Um, being able to let them go to move forward um, really set the tone for being able to do that this weekend. And I think my brothers did the same thing. Like I think they they felt it too, and they were pretty on board with just you know moving forward. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a clear. It was a cleansing. That's good. What do you think? Well, I just got this thought that maybe when I said that thing about burning stuff at camp, that people would think that I was going to make them burn their possessions, and that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's more of like write yourself a note about something you want to let go of and then burn it. That's, yeah. Thanks In a safe environment, yeah. a fire pit. Yes. Like yeah. those kinds of things. So. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just, I'm like, oh my gosh, people might think I'm going to make them burn their extra pair of <laughs> hokas. That's not what I'm talking about. Cause you brought up the burning of my shoes in the sink. So I don't know. I had an obsession with burning things and, um, I was just done with these shoes. I, and I burned, I tried to burn them in the sink, burn them in the kitchen in this place that we were living and they weren't lighting on fire. So I doused them in Jack Daniels. <laughs> And then tried to burn them, but then it was just all plastic and everybody that we lived with had a headache and it was not a good idea. So that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a, a burning ceremony, a letting go of things that no longer serve you, that are not material. So don't bring that old sweater that you no. want to get rid of. We're not going to burn it. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think it was... I think that's it on that. Yeah. You were just in service. I think it's... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Speak to that a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I normally go through these trips at home and I try to, to meet up with friends. And, you know, at one point it was like for clients to get back and see different clients and, mm -hmm. and make good use of my time. But this time I said, Clark's very busy. I know. We did. Here, we buddy. made a faux pas. We didn't... Come here. He's about to knock the camera over. Come, Come on. Here. We made yeah. a faux pas and we didn't take Clark's balls away. Okay. Good boy. Lay down. So I just uh, really just <laughs> bring that win here too, buddy. Yeah. Okay. If you're oh. not watching this on video, we really appreciate you staying with us. Such a good boy. Okay. Now lay down. Kind of looks a little oh, bummed. Somehow he counted in his head that he had two balls over yeah, there. I, know I, I was like, he's going right back. He's not a dumb dog. He's very, very smart. He's very smart. smart. He knows. He knows he's on film too, so he's got to perform. Perform.
Where was I going? Service. In service. So I just wanted to be with my dad. The sole purpose of this trip was to hang with my dad, to, to be there, go in the house and just be there to help him or guide him or just be there as another person in the house um, with him. And so anything that he want, needed to do, I just said yes. You know, it's this little surrender experiment of my own. I went to a few appointments that he had. We went for a, a beautiful walk on the beach. Um, we went to my uncle and aunt's uh, 50th wedding anniversary, saw some cousins, made the drive down to uh, Mad- uh, Madison, Connecticut, and, you know, just stuck by him uh, as much as I could while allowing him the space that he normally has in the house uh, when he's alone. So, yeah, it was in service. It was, it was, it was an growth spurt for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you did really well. You did really well. Yeah. It also reinforces that where we are in life and where we live is exactly where I'd like to be right now. Yeah, and it's okay to live the life you want. Absolutely. You know, it's a... Uh, I was telling you about like the domestication, like in Toltec wisdom, I'm revisiting the four agreements, which um, I'm going to be bringing into the Awake Athlete community. We're going to start to go through some books. And um, and this domestication of like how we all are, right, in, in society. Like there's rules, like you do this and you don't do this and you act this way and you're polite and you have manners and you get a job and you do all these things and da-da-da. And all of this stuff, we're just like constantly trying to follow all these rules because if not, then we'll be punished or we're bad or we're not good enough. And what happens is we actually unconsciously create this massive fear around living, not dying, but living. Like to fully live who you are, who you want to be, where you want to live, what you want to do. I don't know. Like, it's like, it's all like left out. You know, I was super blessed to live, to grow up in a family where I was constantly told that I could do whatever I wanted to do in life, that I could marry whoever I wanted. I could fall in love with whoever I wanted to fall in love. Like, it didn't matter. Like, yeah, like man, woman, like skin color, none of that mattered. Like, love was love. And I was really blessed to have that. But yeah, this uh, this like domestication that, you know, it talks about living under obligation. And that's not where we thrive. Like we came here to thrive and that's, if you don't feel like you're thriving, um, like reach out. (laughs) Maybe we can help shine a light on a new perspective. I think we have experience in this realm. Yeah. I think we have a lot of- It's okay to have what you want and and live the way that you want to live because I actually think it's a responsibility to do that because when we do that, we're able to uncover these gifts that we're here to share. And when we're living the life that we want to live, the way that we want to live it, the person that we desire to be, we have this confidence to say, like, I've got this gift and I'm going to share it. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you're like the CEO of a multi-million dollar corporation or you're somebody who, you know, cleans the seats at a movie theater. It doesn't matter what it is. It's is it right for you? Is it, is it feel good as you feel aligned with what you're doing? Because that's what we came here to do is find that alignment and live it. Yeah. I don't think I could say it any better. I think we can get more passionate about it, you know, in describing the path that we took, like what it took to get to where we are. Like no different from what anybody else is experiencing. We just tended to keep pushing the envelope one step further, one step further, one step further, despite the sign saying, turn back, turn back. So I think we have this, we have street cred in this, in this realm of just, obligations of you must do this because we've always done this. And you yeah. don't, you don't, you don't have to do that. You don't. No, you don't. And in, in, in fact, like until you're able to kind of clear up that frequency you know, and if you're doing things out of obligation and you're just like, you're sad about it or you're resentful about it or you're angry about it or you're frustrated about it or you're stressed about it, like 
start working on like noticing how you feel, you know, and in those moments, breathing, getting calm, this actually kind of leads into one of the questions that we have, but this creates stress in our system and this does not move us in a pro-health direction. And so noticing, yeah, what station are you tuned into? And if you are looking at, there's a lot of like, you know, but do it for the greater good. But if it's not aligned with you, doing something that feels misaligned hurts the greater good. It's not. As you continue to raise your consciousness from being aware, being aware of how you feel, noticing, knowing that you have the power to shift and create new patterns and create new neural pathways for ways to live and things like that, as you do that, that frustration and those things will fall away. So you actually might find that you're doing the same things that you were quote unquote obligated to do before, but you're doing them with this beautiful open heart. And then it does become for the greater good. I like how you twisted. I like how you shifted that. (laughs) Yeah. Because it doesn't have to be a fine line. Like I'm not going to do any of these things. Get calm, get, get to know yourself, find what aligns and then and then move forward. And you can still do those same things. I love that. Always be tuning, right? Like yeah. there's a there's an episode in Awake Athlete, season two, always be tuning. Listen to that episode. Always be tuning. We have tens of trillions of cells in our bodies and they all have a a positive and a negative charge. Like we are we have this vibration and science can measure emotions and where they reside on the scale, right? Like guilt is super low. Doing things out of guilt is going to pull your energy low. It's going to keep it low. Love is like the highest vibration, right? So we have this vibration. We have this frequency and we are vibrational beings living in a vibrational universe. So whatever that vibration is, we're calling that exact thing back to us. So it's best for us and for the greater good if we start to clean up our house. Our house. The inner house. Clean the up your inner, inner house. house. And there's nothing that you're doing that's wrong. There's nothing that you're doing that's wrong. But, you're doing the best you can with the tools you have. And some days are good and some days are bad. But the bad days are just bad because we give them that meaning. Bad days are filled with opportunities to shift, to align, to become that person that you know is already in there, the one that's so natural for you. That's true authenticity. I felt... I felt the, especially this weekend, like the mirror effect, everything that I was seeing that could have riled me up was actually, how can I elevate my game higher? So to your point about turning inside to your house, I was seeing things and I was like, well, what, what is it in me? Like what, how can I rise up to the occasion? How can I take myself up a little bit more? Um, and I don't even know if people would, would see it from this weekend, the moments when I was like, I had like the, aha, like, stop, get calm, and then engage or yeah. walk away. Yeah, like you texted me at one point and you were like, I just came outside to take a breath, take a break, you know? And that doesn't, that doesn't mean a big conversation, oh my God, what's wrong, what's going on, gossip, 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 who said what, what's happening? No, it's not that. It's like, go out, take your break. Reset. Yeah. And when you get your shape back, that was probably, I loved that advice that meditator Bob gave me years ago was like, don't lose your shape. Don't lose your shape. You find yourself starting to lose your shape. And this was around me going back to, to be with family. Um, oh, cause they all hold you in a place where you used to be. Right. So God. Right. I just think that's important to say, like they, they, they see Jessica as Jessica yeah, my mom sees me as like this little girl, you know, and um, how could my little girl be doing all these amazing things, you know? And so there there can be an eye roll there like, mom, I'm 49, like back off. Or as you continue to <laughs> tune your frequency, you know, your heart opens and you realize that that conversation isn't about you or you being on the defense. It's about her and I love her and and I'm and I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah. I <laughs> however you see me is how you see me. And I'm not gonna shift that or try and control that. So yeah, yeah, it was a good good trip back. And you stayed here. How was your um, staycation? So as soon as I heard you were leaving, which was like a couple months ago, I blocked off the dates on the calendar. Staycation. Because I had been feeling for a while, and I feel like 
there's another one coming, but I was feeling for a while, like I want to be on a retreat by myself. Like I want to just, and so I was looking at this place up in Idlewild that I was going to go to. And then like at the same time you were like, I'm going to go back East. And I was like, okay, first retreat's going to be at home, which I love because in my home are all my routines, all like the little things that you can get caught up doing, the tasks and everything like, oh, BJ's going away. So this could be a time for me to clean the carpets and all of that. But I set the intention months ago that it was going to be a staycation retreat. And so I didn't book any athlete sessions. I was tempted and I was like, just hold strong, Jess. Don't do it. Don't do it. Like, honor this. Honor yourself. And um, yeah, it started last Thursday and it was amazing and it was really organic. It was like, it was, there was no, the one thing I knew going into it was that, um, I was going to really focus on the book I'm writing because I'm at a point where I'm like, you've read some chapters. I've got another good friend of mine who's a writer and she's reading the chapters. And so I'm at a point where people are like my closest peeps are now reading it. And as they're reading it, I'm I'm going through with the white glove on the, on the other chapters. Basically the book is written, except for the last chapter is not fully written yet. Um, but I think that I need to be doing the process I'm doing in order to complete that. So I knew that it was going to be like big book dedication, which is a huge reason why my training has been, you know, I've been racing and just doing middle distance stuff, like keeping a level of fitness where I can jump into a race and I can perform, but it's not requiring me to do five, six, seven hour workouts, things like that. And I've been doing that Um, you know, this book really started to take shape at the beginning of 2020. And then I would say in March of this year was when I was like, okay, this is it. Like I'm do, I'm finally like, I'm, I think I'm getting over the resistance. I think I'm getting over the overwhelm of having, you know, 200 pages written of just chaos and confusion. And not, I don't, I don't know what the chapters are. And I just kept plugging and plugging and plugging and plugging. And now I'm at this place, which is like insane, where if it's an Ironman, I'm in the last 10K of the marathon, right? I mean, obviously, we got to produce the book. You got to design the book and all of that. But um, so then all these other things kept like just naturally, like this retreat just organically took place. So we are currently running, Golden and Golden Duffy and I, who's been on the podcast a couple times, are currently running an active meditation, 21-day meditation challenge in M21 Revolution on Facebook. So I knew that that was going to be something I'd be engaging with. Um, I don't, I'm not normally on Facebook at all, but I was like, okay, I'm going to engage in that, but no Instagram. So I just really wanted to break from that. So I took a break from Instagram. No, I didn't do any socializing. I didn't do any drinking. Um, I'm not a big drinker anyway, but no drinking. Although I was like, it'd be so nice to have a glass of white wine. Like I definitely, typically I don't experience those things, but as soon as you take it off the table, it's like, oh, and then it's like, well, you know, it's almost to the end of the retreat. And I was like, no, no, I like this clarity that I'm getting. I knew that I was going to do my second three-hour meditation in prep for an even longer meditation on Christmas Eve. And um, what else came out of it? Like there was tendencies of like, oh my gosh, I want to get the local team together and do a workout. But I was like, no, like the book, the book, the book, the book was the priority. So I literally would spend hours and hours and hours just editing and reading and then take Clark for a walk. And it was amazing. I absolutely loved it. I didn't stream anything. I didn't watch anything. Oh, I listened to, um, finished up an audio book that we started on our trip to Sacramento called The Midnight Library, which is so good. And it's all about this girl who basically you find this out like within the first page of the book that like she's going to end her life. And then she gets kind of gets caught in this space between and gets this opportunity to experience all these different lives. Like, okay, what if I stuck with swimming and I was an Olympic swimmer? What would that life look like? And what if I married the guy that I was going to get married to, but broke off the engagement? And so she gets to live all these different lives. And really it's not about the life that you're living. It's the life that you're not living which is kind of like what we were just talking about. It really boils down to, are you allowing yourself to live the life that you desire? Are you even clear about what that is? And so anyway, I listened to that book, which was so fun. And um, the staycation was amazing. And I got a ton of work done. 
And I think I need another one to kind of like get the final push of this book out because I think it's very, I'll be done with it soon. Trying to think when I'm going away. No, like I, I would need you to go away like within the next month. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, no, like I'm, I know. So I'm going to need to go away. <laughs> Maybe I'll go to that place in Idlewild. Yeah, there you go. It's called the Mountain Spirit Retreat. It sounds like a really cool place. Um, and I've been wanting to go to Idlewild. But anyway, exciting. It was awesome. Um, and it's good to have you back. It's good to be back. Always good to have you back. It's fun. Like I'm always the one that's going away, right? It's kind of fun when you go away and I get to stay here in this paradise and have like a little vacation. It's a vacation every day. I know. It's but amazing. But it's a staycation to the max level when we're when one of us is just here. Yeah. Because we don't See? we don't have any doors. You like, like it it's too. It's very open. Like Oh, I know. It's a lot of I got to do my 3-hour meditation right here. Yeah. yeah. I did a two No, I did 90-minute meditation on the plane. Yeah. On the way out. So meditator Bob has tasked uh, tasked us with three-hour meditation once a quarter. So 45-minute meditation. This is the ideal recipe that he wants me to do. 45-minute meditation in the morning, 45-minute meditation in the afternoon, 90 minutes one a week, once a week, three hours every quarter, eight hours on Christmas Eve, eight hours on Easter. And not because those are tied, because what I do is religion. It's not. It's taking advantage of the love that's in the air during those times. And um, those are obviously those two holidays are surrounded, uh, you know, around reverence of Jesus Christ, who was here to teach us how to love. And so it really is just uh, there's a lot of love and, and a lot of giving and receiving during those times, a lot of connection. So it's actually a really powerful time to meditate. So that's why we do this. I, and I don't, I, I don't think I'm going to do the eight hour. Like, I don't know what else. Like, maybe I'll do four hours. Maybe I'll do five hours. I don't eight? know. Where are you going to go? What do you mean? Like, if I'm doing an eight hour meditation, where are you going to go? You can't be like, I'll meditate upstairs. Watching that triathlon life. I'll me- meditate upstairs <laughs> in my little corner. <laughs> You go in your shower. Will you do a big meditation sure. too? Eight hours. Why not? I don't know if I'm ready to throw this down right now on them All right. and commit to this. That's All right. A, that's if you're listening to daunting. this. Dude, you haven't even done a three hour. Are you going to just jump into an eight hour? Yeah, absolutely. Bob says that you do an eight hour, you'll never be the same again. Okay. Let's which do I, it. Which I think is cool. Great. I asked Meg, Meg, who we had on the, um, on the podcast, I was like, have you done an eight hour? She's like, she's done a couple of them. And she said that she got like five hours in and then she was just like, I got to take a break. And so she lied down and she did a yoga nidra and then went back in and finished the time. So. Yeah. I don't think it's about having to like be rigid. No, it's not about being Same rigid. Same thing with races. Like you don't have to like nail it on your first time. Yeah. It's very rare that that happens. Yeah, I know. And I'll just take Bob's experience, like meditator Bob. He's just like, yeah, it's just like, whoa, whoa, eight hours already? Oh, great. <laughs> oh, that was quick. Oh, okay. Yeah, and the three have been the three have been good. Yeah, the first one was great, and the second one was a little bit more of like, like I got a little like whew, I don't know, maybe about two hours in, a little bit like okay, I can feel that antsiness, but I stuck with it and got back into it, and um, yeah, completed it. Clark too, he did great. He did great. Clark didn't meditate this morning though. No, he went back to bed. He did. <laughs> All right. Should we jump into our questions? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, thanks for your patience, guys. The, I know these questions came in five weeks ago on the day that we were recording our last O show, but... Which we keep getting feedback on. Yeah, about the car. The car and, and the whole week of events that we rolled into. You forget about that. Like, there were a lot of things that happened that week. Yeah, there was... A, yeah, so there was... There was actually a couple things that got left out of that podcast, um, and two of them were, one was, I was on jury duty that week, and so I was calling every night to see if I needed to go in, and I didn't know how I was going to get there because we didn't have a car. So that was one thing, and it was just like, and I was just, it wasn't this desperation of like, okay, no, it's going to be fine. They're not going to call me. It was just like, I knew they weren't going to call me. I knew the universe was just like, girl, listen, just go through the motions. Like, we did the car accident. Like, 
you're not going to need to go. Just go through the motions and just practice being calm with it. So I never had to go into jury duty. It was like the longest jury duty ever. It was like I had a call for like almost two weeks. And then the other thing was about a year ago I had shared with you, and I didn't tell you this until we actually got into the car accident, that I walked out into the parking lot one day to you know, bring out the recycling or go to the mailbox or something like that. And I just happened to look at our car. It was in our parking spot. And I saw the passenger side bashed in, which is what happened in the car accident. And so, and that's not uncommon. I've had things like that happen in my life before where I've seen things before. But I was like, oh, that's an interesting one to digest. Okay. And I was just like, all right. And I just, in that moment, like I just breathed and breathed and breathed and then it happened. And if you listen to that podcast, then you know that I was completely fine and I was the one in the passenger side. But as I stepped away from the car that day and I looked at the damage, it was the damage that I saw that day a year ago when I looked at the car. It was pretty wild. Okay. Bill, any thoughts Two years with no Kona? Will St. George become the new Kona? Are you cool with that? And then because he knows you, he says, I'm betting you are. <laughs> totally. So let's start with the first question. Any thoughts? Two years, no Kona? I I feel for the pros, I think, of anybody. Uh, age groupers, just like eventually it will happen. But for the pros, I just felt that, you know, other other sports were having their world championships, you know, other more mainstream sports. And so they were able to keep moving on, getting paid, you know, live their lives and keep this this momentum going. But for the pros, they just kept training and then hoping to go and it just wasn't happening. So but as in, in terms of my experience, no, I just roll I just roll with it. Um wasn't October. Then it moved to February. February didn't happen, so now they're moving it to May. I don't think it's going to be always in St. George. I think this is going to be a one and done, in my opinion, uh, with the option always to move it to to St. George because I love the town. I love racing that course. It's a phenomenal place to train and, and have some fun, swim, bike, and run. But Kona's Kona, you know? And I, and I forgot who it was, but they were talking about it being a world championship, not being Kona. So we get into these words, right? Like, are you going to Kona? Are you going to Kona? Versus, are you going to the world championship? It doesn't matter where it is, right? Location yeah. doesn't matter. Uh, of course, it's the birth, uh, not the birthplace, but the tradition has been on Kona. So I get that. But somehow things got moved from world championship to just Kona. So now there's a distinction. And I think that's going to be seen more and more. Similar to what the 70.3 is doing where it shifts different location every year or every two years um, because this year it's in St. George as well. So I think, I think it's an opportunity to see where your attachment level is. And I think we talked about this, like, you know, I'm doing some Ironman races and I'm like, well, I can't qualify for Kona because everything's for 2022 and I'm already doing Oh, October. well, that was a very good moment. What? That was a good moment. Oh, when I made the, when yeah, I. Yeah, you made this comment, you. He said, "What am I? Why am I even racing these races?" It was awesome. It was like <laughs> authentic BJ, like really like. You're like, why am I even doing this? I can't qualify. And I was like, because you love the sport. Shift and pivot. <laughs> yes, I do. So even I, you know, the mind fall. It falls. The mind, the fall. mind falls. It falls yeah. into comfort. It falls into the default, and that's that's still lingering in my mind. Like, why do you need to go through all this discomfort? At the time, was racing Sacramento and racing St. George as just the age group because you're going to do Kona in October. Like, why are you putting yourself in all this discomfort when you don't have to and you can't qualify anyway? It was all like it was so good. It was just so like great. clingy little attachment, right? So, but you shifted pretty quick. I did. You were like, whoa, hey, whoa, yeah, whoa, wake whoa, up. Whoa. Who is this? <laughs> <laughs> but that was the ego. It's all like, mm, nope, not going to do it. Not going to put my body through that. I'm already qualified. Like, why would I? I love it. I love that growth. That's growth right there. So I think that was a really good space to, to have an interaction with you because you reined me back in. You were like, oh, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. why are you doing this? And I do, I do. I love it. I love to race. I love, I still think I have my best race ahead of me. I think I'm just going to get faster. 
um, and uh, doing it in next year in in uh, Kona. But the great thing about this whole thing is I was already signed up for St. George as the regular race, regular Ironman, and they shifted the world championships to that race to merge with St. Ironman St. George. So now I'm going to be racing both world championships, which is pretty cool. So. It's so cool. And I think that's just like, I don't know, it's just another one of those things where, you know, things just keep getting better. We were, Golden and I were just doing, before we started this podcast, Golden and I were just doing this live in M21 and we were talking about that. Just like, get clear on what you want, keep moving in that direction, keep cleaning up your inner house and just watch, like let the universe do the heavy lifting and stop complaining and it will just, you'll get so many you get so much extra frosting and sprinkles. Resist less. Allow more. Resist less, allow more. Why we so much resistance, so much resistance out there into when events are scheduled and what events are qualifiers and who can race and who can't race and all this stuff. Really just allow. Whatever it is, this is the work. Allow to just unfold and then you react based on what, what unfolds in the moment. And take a temperature gauge on where you are. Are you getting fired up and fiery about it? Or can you be like, hmm, I'm pretty grateful that I have a healthy body and that I'm you know, going to be turning 50 in a couple of years here and I'm able to still perform and afford these races and have fun at these races. Oh my God, I'm so, so grateful. And when you turn to gratitude and and um, love, we talked about love, like just loving the community and loving the sport, then all the other stuff is really just going to take care of itself. It's going to unfold. So, Bill, you know me all too well. Just keep rolling. Next yeah. question. Yeah, we did. We just kept rolling. When it moved from October to February, we rescheduled our camp to January because it fell on the same weekend. And and we just kept moving forward, and it was it was fine. Um, okay, next question from Telsis. Tell us about stress and its effects on training and solutions for stress. Well, you said you what you had some. You go. Things. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So stress is so. There's a lot of stress in our world. There's a lot of reasons to feel stressed. There's a lot of unexpected twists and turns of life. They're going to, they're just not going to stop. They're going to keep coming, right? Like that's what this is for. This is an earth school and uh, we keep leveling up. So whatever it is that you're working with now, it's preparing you for what's coming next. And so that always sounds like, you know, it should come with like some really scary organ music. But if you look at it like, oh, well, if I'm, if I'm attending to my frequency, right? Like I'm noticing how I'm feeling. I'm using my free will to get in the gap and choose my response and things like that. Like that next thing that it's preparing you for, it's all relative. So it's it's actually going to kind of feel the same, right? Like what you're dealing with now is preparing you for the next thing. That doesn't mean the next thing's going to be worse. It just means that you're going to be ready for whatever that next thing is. Um, so we're always going to have stress, right? Outside stressors. We're always going to live in a world where things happen that we cannot control. So stress is not the problem. Our response to stress is where we get into trouble. Because the response to stress typically ends in overwhelm, fear, anger, frustration, which are all can all be lumped into the category of lack. We're not safe enough. We're not worthy enough. We're not getting the attention we need. It's all lack, 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 lack. It is complete. It is like on the other side of the spectrum from the truth of who we are, which is abundance. Abundance. Like there's no lack in this universe. I love that. So what happens when we start to move into those energies that are less than optimal, fear and 
and and we don't have the tools, you know, to shift or we don't we don't have the willingness maybe, maybe it's not the willingness, maybe it's the readiness to say, "Oh, I'm going to do that relaxing breath I heard about on the podcast or I'm going to read this book or, you know, whatever it is." And we just keep receiving stress, receiving stress and pushing through and receiving stress and pushing through and receiving stress and fighting what is and being frustrated and being anger and then and then society doesn't like it when you're angry and you get judged and people tell you you have to go to anger management and then you feel ashamed. And it's just like this, whoo, it's this really nasty cycle that moves you in the express lane towards dis-ease and injury and illness. Because what happens is, is that sympathetic nervous system, our fight or flight nervous system gets activated. And we're going to have that part of us. We're never going to lose that part of us. And there's that part of us, like that DNA that remembers what it's like, like when we didn't have food, like when we didn't get a hunt or we only were able to gather so many berries and things like that to eat. And so there's a part of us that remembers that, that reptilian brain. And it served us well, you know, when there was tigers walking around and things like that. But that's not our reality now. And, but that part of us is not only present, it's dictating the lives of many. And when we live in this heightened sympathetic response, we're in a constant immune suppression. Our immune systems begin to suppress because there's a threat. So your body is so intelligent and it says, okay, we got to take care of the heart, we got to take care of the lungs, we got to take care of all the vital organs, we got to take care of the brain. And so other things will fall, you know, secondary, muscles, joints, ligaments, tendons, things like that, that we need for, you know, to be nice and strong and healthy so that we can perform. And so when we go into an immune response like that, there's inflammation in the body and inflammation is one of the body's healing mechanisms. But inflammation is not a state that we want to stay in because if we stay in it chronically, we are inviting disease, illness, injury. So if we are really stressed, right, if we feel overwhelmed, and this is a daily thing, like we're we're in this stress response, we're not going to be performing to our highest ability, not even close. And we're going to be really prone to injury, illness, and dis-ease. And if you're somebody who's maybe on a weight loss journey, it's going to be very difficult for you to drop the pounds when your body is in this heightened state of, we got to hang on to the fat because we might need it for food, right? So it's our response to stress where we really want to do the work because that's the only thing that we can control is what our response is. So there's so many things you can do. I mean, meditating, obviously, but I understand that not everybody wants to do that and you don't have to do it. You don't have to meditate. If you don't want to meditate and you're not ready to meditate, don't do it because you're not ready for it. If it's been something that you've been thinking about for a long time and you're like, oh, I know I should do it. You know, I would maybe journal about that and maybe start a practice. Even just, you know, five breaths in the morning is profound. So a relaxing breath, making that exhale twice as long as the inhale will begin to bring that parasympathetic nervous system into activation. And that's something you can do throughout the, the day, right? Yeah. Yeah. When you're in a response to stress, Make that X, breathe in for two, breathe out for four. Just do that. If that doesn't feel like enough, breathe in for three, breathe out for six. Breathe in for four, breathe out for eight. Do that five times and just notice like all the stress might not go away. The overwhelm not, might not 100% go away. But if you were at a 10, you're probably going to be at a seven. And what if you did five more? And what if you did five more? So your breath is your greatest interface to your nervous system. Breath is the perfect tool. We try and we overcomplicate so much. I got to know why I'm stressed. I got to know the reason. You don't need to know any of that. It doesn't matter. Every action you've taken, every word you've spoken, every thought you've indulged has gotten you to this point right now. 
So to say, like, I got to figure out the one thing, it's a fruitless journey because it's everything has brought you to where you are today in this moment. And the only thing that matters is how are you going to move forward? From any situation at any point in time, the only thing that matters is how you're going to move forward. Take a bath. Take an Epsom salt bath, right? Light a candle. Put some lavender in there. Like, do whatever you – get a massage and not like the massage where you're tensing up. If you're really stressed, going in for a super deep tissue massage is probably – I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't recommend it. I would say go for something a little bit more gentle Get some Reiki, get craniosacral, get acupuncture, um, go to a therapist that can be therapeutic where they're not just a, you know spreading lotion on you. It can be therapeutic, but in a way where your body can still relax. Um, journal. Journaling is so huge, you guys. You got to process. Uh, I just did a video on this in M21 on journaling and, and like processing, right? It's like... We don't want to deny the things that we're feeling. The way that you're moving through life is not wrong. But if it doesn't feel good, know that you have an opportunity to feel better. So yeah, we want to process these things. Dump it into a journal. Burn that burn that piece of paper. If you feel like somebody might read your journal or you don't, just don't want to know that that stuff that you just wrote is even in the house, burn it. Put it in the fire and burn it. Um, Listen to some nice music. Limit the distraction in your life. Have a technology-free evening. So there's a lot of things that you can do to relax, like anything that you would recommend. Go for a walk. Walk the beach barefoot. Get on some grass in a park barefoot. (laughs) I like just interrupting the process, interrupting your day. Like go opposite. What is something you haven't done in a while? You know, for me, I go meditate on the beach. Like, I haven't done that in a while. And I go do that. And it's like, why am I not doing this? But it interrupts the flow. It interrupts the process. Um, Get up early. Don't hit snooze. Go to bed early. Um, Mix it up. Mix up the food you have. I think you can get into what you prepare. Instead of then that second cup of coffee, maybe have some tea. Right? If you're watching... Uh, if you're eating dinner or watching a show, maybe just eat dinner. Interrupt things, and it's gonna feel gonna feel a little bit uncomfortable. But in the end, you're gonna realize like this pattern that you have has is, has no control over you. You can actually dictate what you what you do. But I, I think obviously meditation is probably the single biggest thing you can do. Um, and if it's five breaths, do five breaths every day for a while. And I think the natural tendency of athletes is to say, no, I've got that. I'm going to do 10 breaths. Or I did 10 minutes. I'm going to do 20 minutes now and 30 minutes and 40 minutes. Get really good. Get really good at five breaths. Do five breaths for six months. (laughs) Get really good every day, consistently doing five breaths every day. I challenge you to do that before you jump to something bigger. The athlete in us wants more. It's really like, I can achieve because 30 minutes may, is definitely better than 20, and 20 is definitely better than 10 in the mind of an athlete. But I think with meditation, it's consistency, really consistency over duration. Yeah, it, and it's longer is good in meditation, but longer with quality is what you want. And it just takes a while. It's going to take a while. Like I, I remember when I went to Costa Rica this year, I flew in a, a day early and I got to the retreat center and um, I was the, I was, man, there's maybe like two other people there. And I was just like in the pool, this gorgeous pool in the jungle. And I was just there and I like, and I could kind of hear this voice like, okay, now what? It's like three hours before anybody gets here. Like now what? And I don't consider myself to be stressed. I take a ton of transition time throughout the day. I do a lot of things that are me doing nothing every day. Like I can't remember the last time I had a stressed day. And even like there where you take it down so much – I could still feel that part of me that was like, whoa, this is so interesting. Like I can feel myself unwinding just from the energy of the world that I live in. So 
Yeah, we got to de-excite the mind. That's another big piece of it because we begin to get an addiction to the drama. We get an addiction to the fear. We get addicted to these things. And so it's almost like the microbiome, right? Like you eat a bunch of French fries, you're going to be gonna like- crave French fries. You're going to crave French fries, right? If you're reading, if you're watching the news and it's fear, it's fear-based or you're reading an article about something awful that happened to somebody and it's really scary, you do that enough, you're going to start seeking that stuff and you're going to notice that that stuff comes into your awareness. Like, oh my God, did you see the story about like, don't be that person. Please don't be that person. That's like, did you see the story about- and if I ever hear that, I'm just like, I'm not interested. Thank you, but I'm not interested. Um, and that's fine. It's totally acceptable to say that to someone. Like, thank you, but I'm not interested in hearing about that. And people will tell you that you need to wake up and you need to, you know, be a citizen of the earth and you need to know what's going on in the world. And you don't. You don't. You don't. The only thing you need to know what's going on is what's going on inside of you. That is the most important world. It is the most important world. And it's the one when you tend to it, you will be more for everyone because of it. Just naturally. Everyone around you will benefit as you continue as you tend to your inner house. Raise so, your vibration. Maybe make a list of what what are things that relax you? It could be going to the I love to go to the library and look for books. I love to do that. Like I love to go see those Big eucalyptus trees. Yeah, what Just do you touch the tree? Journal about that. Make a list of things that help you relax. Relaxing is receiving mode, and you can receive the healing that you know not only that you, you know you deserve, but like you want for your performance. Because if you're living in a you know tightly wound, stressful life, you're you're never going to reach that athletic performance that potential that you have if you begin to tune that response to life and watch what you are bringing into your field. Like I said, like the scary articles or scary movies. Halloween, yeah, scary movies, people watching scary movies. Yeah, we used to do I used to do that. I was like addicted to horror movies. I used to make and I made BJ do it. I used to make you do awful things. I made you like eat a bunch of cheese and then you started eating cheese and then I got you onto wine and mm. then I used to make you watch horror movies. You made Gosh. Me, yeah, you tricked me with the chicken, made me pork once. I know I was sick of making BJ well. chicken, so I made him pork and told him it was chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. But those things <laughs> So sorry. This is a confessional. <laughs> sorry. We still ended up okay. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did. Because I started tending to my inner house. I wasn't tending my yeah, inner house back there. There you go. There we go. Loop it all around. Yeah, I wasn't tending to the inner house at all. And I was super stressed. And I considered myself not stressed, right? I considered myself not stressed. And then when things would boil up, then I would freaking lose it. And that, you guys, that's not – it might be common, but that's not normal. And it, I realized like, oh. So it's not like I'm stressed every day, but I'm like pushing it down, pushing it down, pushing it down. And then just like that, you know, the straw, right, that like breaks it all. And then I would just explode and lose it and freak out and have a breakdown. And you don't have to do that. You don't have to get that – go that far down the road. No, because for every high, high, there's a low, low. So it's cool when you're just kind of like tuning your fine instrument and you're just chilling in the center line and you're just like, oh, that crazy thing's happening. Oh, look at that crazy stuff that's happening. Okay, look at all that. I get to choose to be a part of that. I get to choose to walk away. I get to choose to endure it. I get to choose to notice how I feel and 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 see if that's moving me in an optimal direction. And if it's not, I get to choose what to do with that choice. Taking your power back. Mm -hmm. Taking your power back. Yeah. So I think all I wanted to, to, you know, add to that is just as an athlete, as we, as we feel that stress is the norm that we push through workouts and, and push ourselves into a deeper state of stress without even knowing it. And then we wonder why our workouts start to suffer or we start to, uh, feel the disease in the body, the stuff, the niggles that come up. And uh, 
block us from continuing on with our the momentum that we're building in our training sessions. So you have to, you don't have to be on to that stress, be on to the stress of the things around you, the environment around you. Friends, family, TV, radio, music, all of this be on to this the stressors around you. Um, it doesn't have to be like, oh my God, I'm so stressed. There could be stuff going on and you're not even aware that it's happening. Yeah. So everything leaves an impression on your mind. So you could be in a restaurant and there could be a television up at the bar that you never see, but it's broadcasting some horrific natural disaster where all these people have been killed. And it's like just this terrible, terrible event that happens. That's leaving an impression on your mind. Like that's in your field. That's energy. Everything is energy. That broadcast is energy. The colors on the screen are energy. Um, the colors that you wear, you know, are affecting how you feel if you're not conscious about why you're wearing purple or why you're wearing, like I'm wearing all black today, but like black can also be a very, it can close the heart if we're unconscious about it, but it can also be a very powerful, confident color to wear. So it's like bringing awareness to everything that we do. Yeah. Everything leaves an impression on the mind. That was, I remember when I heard that, I was like, oh, that seems like an important thing to start to notice. So notice, you know, what is that? What are you allowing in your field? Who are you allowing in your field? Because there's so much of things being in our field that we don't have control of. So the things that you do have control over, right? Like the people that you bring into your field or the news or entertainment that you bring in or the music that you listen to, take a look at that. Because if you are stressed, that could be a really good place to start. Beautiful. Yeah. One last thing on the training. I was just thinking about, um, you know, on the trainer, I sometimes listen to music. And at one point, it used to be very aggressive, hardcore, angry, get after it. Now it's more, I, if you looked at my playlist, you'd be, you'd be laughing at it because it's a joke. It's more <laughs> loving songs and like upbeat songs and feel good songs because that's what makes me feel good. Like I feel good. I feel like I feel confident. I feel at peace. I feel joy. I feel happiness. So even just shifting the types of music you listen to when, when, you're, when you're training can, can be effective. Um, and that was a big shift for me because I felt like I needed to have hardcore music to, to do hard sets. Untrue. Completely untrue. So really get curious about the stuff around you, your environment. Songs you listen to, the movies you watch, the books you read, the people you hang out with. Where you live. Who you live with. <laughs> yeah, make sure they plan a vacation every now and again. Um, also, I just want to say for people who aren't familiar, I've mentioned M21 a couple times. M21 Revolution is a meditation and mindfulness community. It's free. So there's tons of videos in there. There's tons of... How do they get to it? It's on Facebook. So all you, it's a private, it's private, so you need to request, but it's free. So we'll just let you on in. And... Um, it's myself and a dear friend of mine, Golden Duffy, who is also a meditation teacher. And it really, it's been about twice a year now that we go in and we run these active 21-day challenges that are donation-based. Um, some people pay. Some people pay double because we do a suggested donation at 50. Some people don't pay. Like we just welcome everyone, right? Like we understand sometimes you can't do a donation. And the people who can do it, a lot of times they'll double up, which is so amazing. And they'll just make a note like this is for somebody who can't, you know, it's just, it's really cool. It's such a cool supportive environment. And um, the great thing about it is that at any time you could go in and say, doing the search like October, 2020 challenge or, you know, October 2018 challenge. And you could take yourself through a whole 21-day meditation and mindfulness challenge. And so this challenge that we're in right now is, is, is really about peace, attuning to peace. Like there's peace within us all right now. It's just that we're, we're tuned out. There's not a lot of peace in the outside world. I mean, there is, but we just don't shine a light on it. But there's peace within us all the time. And we can shine a light on that anytime for free. It's beautiful. Yeah. So check it out, M21. 
on Facebook. M21 Revolution. M21 Revolution. You can put a link in the show notes. Yeah, cool. All right. Awesome. That was fun. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I love the conversation. If you have questions or you want want to go in more, just, you know, comment and um, we can dive in. Okay. Somewhere. All right. All right. And we'll remember, uh, this is Clark's dinner time, so he's been a little restless. Haven't you been a little restless? He knows. If you've been watching the video, then you've been seeing him walking around. Are you hungry? Yeah, he needs his dinner. (laughs) All right. All right. Peace, guys. We love you. Love you all. Thank you for tuning in. Um, Thanks for supporting this Osho. We're getting lots of great feedback on it. And um, yeah, keep the questions coming. Keep the topics coming. And uh, we'll continue to show up every week for you guys. All right. Peace. Peace.